In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good morning, wherever you may be, and welcome to the streaming service from Mayflower Congregational Church. Pastor Mark and Pastor Len are away today. I'm Jonathan White, and I'll be assisting Dr. Julia Brown, our organist, Mr. Scott Barsher, our uh, director of choirs, and the Reverend Ruth Bell Olson as they lead us in worship this morning. There are many opportunities for worship during this quarantine. You can join us on Mondays at Mayflower by looking at the Mayflower Facebook page. You can listen to the children's message offered by members of our faith formation team. You can find them on Facebook by searching Mayflower Congregational Church Family Ministries or on Instagram at Mayflower Family Ministries. If you're in need of pastoral assistance, please visit our homepage at www.mayflowerchurch.org. Click to contact the pastors. Please know our pastors are reaching out to every member and friend of Mayflower to see if you need pastoral assistance. If you have a prayer request, please visit our homepage, www.mayflowerchurch.org, and click on the prayer button. If you received our Friday mailing, you can follow this service by following the bulletin. If not, just sit back and enjoy. And now, let us center ourselves on the holy. Wherever you may be, no matter where you are in your journey of faith, this is where you belong. You are welcome to worship us with us. Grace, Mary, and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Sunday morning, and it's time for church. Please read along with me or simply sit back and listen to our call to worship. We, the children of God, are called to work for justice. We, the body of Christ, are called to love tenderly. We, the people of the Holy Spirit, are called to serve one another. We, the followers of the Christian way, are called to walk humbly with God.
join me in the opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, who through your prophets foretold a day when swords will be beaten into plowshares, and who in the Christ made peace with the totality of your creation, pour out your Holy Spirit on all people everywhere so that we may be delivered from hate, hostility, and self-seeking, and find our peace in your will. In your mercy, make us instruments of your peace, that your name may be hallowed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. First reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors locked for fear of the religious leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Second reading comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do.
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Dear holy and loving God, we acknowledge that you are with us this morning. You are here in this sanctuary. You are in living rooms, at kitchen tables, on rainy outdoor benches, and in all kinds of other places where we have chosen to remotely gather to share our time in worship. Thank you. Thank you for not leaving us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that rests on us and travels with us through these strange, strange days. Thank you that you surprise us with opportunities for transformation as we seek to be more like you. Give us courage and an open heart to explore the resurrection blessing of peacemaking. Amen. I am so happy to be with you this morning. I have missed you. I have prayed for you and wondered about you, how you're doing and what you are experiencing. It was a joy to get to see several of you at the outreach drop-off last weekend. Contactless outreach is a bit of an oxymoron and tricky to navigate. Yet so many of you generously and courageously and safely donated items for the women served by Degage. So thank you. Well, I would like to fill you in on what's been happening at our house over the last few weeks. Our family added a puppy and then had to subtract a puppy. We've been in the midst of a slew of house projects, both inside and outside. Adding to this chaos, I've been homeschooling a fifth grader, then throw in a high school senior who's missing all of the threshold activities of this life season, then add an adult daughter who had to come home from college, and she is now faced with a mountain of questions about her future. Oh, and pile all of this on top of the baseline stress and uncertainty that the whole world is living with. Unlike many who are suffering tremendously, we have food and shelter and so much to be grateful for. Yet, this has been a trying time, to say the least. And it is not without a healthy dose of irony that I've also been preparing a sermon on peace. Peace sounds so great, doesn't it? To be at peace, to live in peace, to promote world peace. These are noble, worthy, and holy endeavors. And yet, why is achieving peace so hard? There have been many days lately when peace is the exact thing that feels elusive. How can we have peace when the world is in a state of crisis? How could my home feel peaceful with organizational chaos, fifth-grade math, and a puppy? Peace is mentioned all throughout Scripture, and we even greet each other in Sunday morning worship with the words of Jesus. Peace be with you. We find these words of John in the passage we read this morning. These words of Jesus in the passage we read this morning from the book of John. These verses follow the events just after Jesus rises from the dead just after the resurrection. The disciples are gathered behind a locked door because they are afraid. 
The passage reads that they are afraid of the Jews. Certainly the Jewish leaders of their day were not their biggest fans. (laughs) Following the risen Christ meant proclaiming the Messiah had come. And this upset the Jewish apple cart in a big, big way. Plus, the disciples are living under Roman occupation. They had just witnessed the brutal and unjust murder of their leader. We can describe the world they live in as dangerous, scary, and uncertain. The fear is palpable. And in comes Jesus. He came and stood among them. Did he unlock the door? Did he float through the walls? We have no idea. But here he is. And the first thing he says is, peace be with you. I'm guessing that peace was not the overriding emotion behind that locked door. Perhaps those words reminded the disciples of earlier ones they had heard Jesus speak. In the book of John, chapter 14, Jesus taught, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. There is something about this peace that is of God. It is a gift. And it enables us to live without fear. But what about peacemaking? Is this different from having peace? How do we make peace? Since the Sunday after Easter, we have been in a series titled Resurrection Blessings, a study of the Beatitudes. Last week, Lynn preached on blessed are the pure in heart. And the week prior, Mark reminded us of the blessing of the merciful. This week, we are exploring Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. This word for peacemaker, erinapoi, is only used once in the Bible. Certainly, peace occurs all throughout Scripture, often called shalom, this sense of completeness and wholeness and safety and harmony with God and humanity. Yet this word peacemaker is unique. There is the shalom, then there is the making of it. I mentioned that we have lots of house projects, and I like to think creative things are going on at our house. But nothing compared to what we are seeing in our greater community with regard to making things. My niece is designing jewelry. My friend Lisa is making instructional videos. Distilleries are crafting hand sanitizer. People are completing so many puzzles that puzzle-making companies are selling out. Elaborate meals are being made or written about. One member of the Monday morning women's Bible study here at Mayflower has a food blog, and her family decided to conduct a frozen pizza taste test challenge. Ah, So maybe they didn't make the pizzas, but she made her blog and has creatively found ways to engage her family in it. Many of you with sewing machines are on a rampage. Some of you are rendering the coolest face masks imaginable. We have been pushed to be creative with how we spend our time. We are learning how to Zoom. We are problem-solving in myriad ways. 
Our creativity has also been stretched as to how to celebrate milestones like weddings and birthdays. A pastor I know told me that his son and future daughter-in-law had planned to be married on April 4th in Washington State. In early March, the wedding venue canceled their big event. Instead of the wedding they had envisioned, my friend, his wife, and daughter drove 30 hours to help scout out a location in a forest at the base of a cedar tree. The wedding guest list was tiny, just the family. My friend officiated, and he reported to me later that it was the most sacred and holy wedding he has ever attended. Meaningful was the word he kept repeating when describing the experience. If you have witnessed the bagpipe playing East Grand Rapids policeman, then you know how creative this city has been with regard to the drive-by birthday party. It appears that when we are forced to think outside the box, we actually have some skills. We were created by an uber-creative God, and we were created in the image of this God, so no one gets a break on not being creative. It is in you. You were made for this. The passage we read earlier from Ephesians emphasized this fact. We are God's workmanship, so go and do likewise. What is interesting is how creativity and peacemaking go together. In an article titled, Five Real and Risky Ways to Start Peacemaking in Your Neighborhood, Karina Kerensky writes, Peacemaking is an activist venture rather than a passive one. It is not about retreating from conflict, but thinking about conflict in a creative way rather than a destructive one. You see, in order to be a peacemaker, there must be conflict. Peace, shalom, must be desperately needed. And peacemakers need creativity to do their work. If you read or watch any kind of news today, conflict is apparent. We seem to be swimming in it. The polarization and divisiveness in our culture is growing. People are taking sides and passionately defending their opinions and actions. Clearly, it is appropriate to care about what is happening around us and to be effective and to seek change. But this is different. Fear has produced anger and an othering of those we disagree with. I want to share with you two recent stories that I've been contemplating this week. First, my sister-in-law was in D&W. She saw a gentleman walk toward her in the frozen food aisle. Something about his height and his gait reminded her of her father. She began to smile beneath her mask and was anticipating saying hello. Instead, the man got within six feet of her and began berating her for traversing down the grocery aisle in the wrong direction. He pointed to the arrows taped on the floor, ones she had never noticed, and chastised her for not following them. 
She was so caught off guard and horrified that she thought she might cry. Second, I encountered an old friend, someone I have always respected and admired. Her faith is so strong, and the family she and her spouse have created is truly stunning. She has a kind heart and a warm spirit. When I began listening to her, I noticed a different tone than the one she normally uses. She began to rant about current events and choices made by others that offended her. My heart started to quicken because I was unprepared for her anger. I realized that my personal conclusions were divergent from hers, and I found this unsettling. We are both committed Christians. How could our read on current events be so contradictory? Perhaps you have found yourself in situations like these. There is a sense of disorientation, a sense of shock, and then perhaps a sense of loss. There is a lack of peace. There is a lack of shalom. This is not what we were created for. This does not feel like a resurrection blessing. But this is a space for peacemaking. The Celtic Daily Prayer Book 2 reads, To be a peacemaker is to be a remedy finder, bridge builder, breach repairer, a new way maker, a relationship broker. Blessed are the remedy finders, new way makers, and restorers of broken relationships. This sounds like holy action to me. Not only are we blessed if we do this, we are recognized as children of God. This action is tied to our identity in Christ. Furthermore, when we are peacemakers, we are recognized as a family. This divisiveness is not just in our community, country, or world. It is also in the family of God. We have some work to do with each other, don't we? The resurrection blessing calls for us to mend these divides, especially as followers of Jesus. Perhaps a posture of curiosity is a tool we can use to begin. When confronted with someone who seems to hold beliefs that are diametrically opposed to ours, what would it be like to ask ourselves, what is the story behind the story? What is the story behind the story? My sister-in-law could have reacted to the gentleman in D&W in anger. She could have told him that he needed to mind his own business and worry about his own cart. Instead, as we were unpacking her experience, we posed questions like, has he lost a loved one recently? These are scary times, and maybe this was his first time out to buy food, a once routine activity that now feels a bit like engaging in a bizarre, apocalyptic obstacle course. We wondered, what is feeding his fear? And the old friend I ran into? Oh, I struggled with wanting to point out the error in her logic and to debate the major points of her argument. Yet I wondered, what is the story I'm not hearing? What has she lost? 
What voices is she listening to and what are they telling her? Why is it meaningful for her to hold such a stance? I find that posing these questions and fostering a sense of curiosity opens me up to possibilities. It frees my heart to hopefully see the other person as God does, an image bearer. If we trust that all people are image bearers of God and that we want to honor the dignity of all God's children, then let us not be quick to judge what we see or hear, but rather patient to dig a bit deeper. For those with whom we are in relationship, perhaps asking questions will grow us in our mutual understanding. Perhaps this is a starting point, finding peace in situations of conflict. So if we can exercise some creativity when approaching conflict and lean toward curiosity instead of judgment, perhaps we might find that we are more compassionate. If we seek to be more like Jesus, extending compassion for each other and even for our leaders, we are naturally going to seek peace, especially for those on the margins. Peacemaking and compassion pair nicely. In his article, How to Be a Peacemaker in a World of Conflict, Thomas Christensen attests, If you are a Christian man or woman, I hope you are going out of your way to be a peacemaker. Peacemakers are not those who ignore issues or try to smooth things over. Peacemakers are willing to put themselves in the middle of conflict and point toward unchanging truths. God cares about justice. God cares about every son and daughter. God's kingdom is multicultural. A peacemaker is willing to lay down his or her life to advance the kingdom of God if necessary. Furthermore, Being willing to lay down my opinions and arguments and desire to be right is certainly a form of dying to myself. To be a peacemaker, I have to be willing to serve others, to put concern for others ahead of myself. We have to be creative. We cannot fall into the habit of placing others in categories of us and them we have to look for unusual places to engage each other when we re- where we recognize that the creator God, the most creative of creatives, has made, made each of us in this divine image. And if we are curious, perhaps we might be surprised by what we find. And if we extend compassion instead of judgment, think about how different the world would be. Pastor and leader Kathy Escobar attests, the earth is not crying out for more brokenness. It is crying out for healing, restoration, connection, wholeness. And the question is whether or not we are willing to participate. When we participate in making peace, we are God's children. We are kin. We are no longer divided, but are related to each other. This does not mean that we are the same, of course, because differences exist, but they're not always negative. It's the division that hurts us. 
Blessed are those who make, create, and promote peace. Those who are curious about stories behind the stories of the people they encounter. And blessed are those who let compassion be their guide. Then God's family will be on display. The peace of Christ will be with us. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. O day of peace, a text written by Carl Daw, one of the foremost hymn writers of our time. He was born in Louisville, Kentucky, 1944. Uh, He's an Episcopal priest and recognized um, he was also the uh, executive director of the Hymn Society in the United States. Listen to the beginning of his text. O day of peace that dimly shines through all our hopes and prayers and dreams. Guide us to justice, truth, and love delivered from our selfish schemes. May swords of hate fall from our hands, our hearts from envy find release, till by God's grace our warring world shall see Christ's promised reign of peace. This text is paired with a soaring, beautiful uh, tune by Perry, is a late 19th century British composer. And this is what Carl Daw says about this hymn that he wrote. This hymn deals with two aspects of peace. Pax, an understanding of peace based on the cessation of conflict, and Shalom, the condition of living abundantly in harmony and mutual goodwill. Although this hymn affirms that peace is always God's gift, it also recognizes the importance of human responsibility in preparing an environment in which peace can flourish. We all have a part in it, And as Scott sings this, I invite you to think of creative ways that you can create, that you can help foster this space where peace can flourish. Giving in the time of COVID-19 differs from our traditional worship. In this time of worship by offering, we ask that you give online by sending a gift to the church, by making your offering by text, or simply dropping off your gift at the special mailbox at the front door. Let us continue worshiping with our offerings presented to God.
clean heart, O God, and restore us with your Holy Spirit. Do not take your shadow from us, but restore us with your salvation, and uphold us with a free spirit. Accept our offerings, we pray. Amen.
As we come to prayers of the people, I invite you, if you are on the prayer chain, to think of those people that we prayed for this week. For those of you who are joining us or simply just getting ready to pray, please bring your own needs. Think about them for a moment. And let us gather together wherever we are in prayer. The prayer this morning is adopted from the Book of Common Order of the Church of Scotland and Catholic Father Hans Kuhn. Let us pray. Loving God, ground of our being, all thoughts of truth and peace proceed from you. Kindle in the hearts of all people the true love of peace. Guide with your pure and peaceable wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your kingdom may go forward till the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love. Set free, O Lord, the souls of your servants from all restlessness and anxiety. Give us your peace and power. And so keep us that in all perplexity and distress we may abide in you, upheld by your strength and stayed on the rock of your faithfulness. Guardian of our destiny, bless the leaders and rulers of the nations, that they may not covet power and glory, but act responsibly for the welfare and the peace of humankind. Guide our religious communities and those that set over them, that they may not only proclaim the message of peace, but also show it in their lives. 
and to all of us and to those who do not worship among us. Give your grace, mercy, and all good things. And lead us, God of the living, on the right way to your eternal glory. And now hear us as we pray from multiple locations the prayer that Jesus taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Thomas Christensen writes, This world could sure use a billion peacemakers. You, who are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, can absolutely be one of them. Jesus never told us to love a cause or a religion. He told us to love God and love people. So now go forth as God's handiwork and be the most beautiful remedy finders, bridge builders, breach repairers, new way makers, and relationship brokers the world has ever seen. Amen.